Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let me start this by saying, I never felt like I was physically in danger throughout this story, but it's certainly one of the strangest things to ever happen to me. I went on a Tinder date some time ago while I was adjusting to a new city that I had moved to. I didn't really know anybody there, so I used some online dating apps to see the dating scene around the town. I matched with a girl that seemed like an artsy hippie type. We had a few exchanges through the app and then decided to meet up for a drink. I picked her up at her house and she greeted me at the door with a hug. She said the name of a local bar that she wanted to go to for us to chat and get to know each other. I told her that I would drive and we proceeded to my car. The first red flag I noticed was when I walked to my car and opened the door. She had just followed me to the driver's side and was standing behind me, staring. I looked at her blankly for about 15 seconds and asked her if she was going to get in. She said, sure, I'd love to, and went the long way to the passenger side around the back of the car. Since I had just met the girl, I figured she had just maybe smoked some weed or something, as I had kind of got the vibe that she was a bit of a stoner. As I was driving to the bar, she talked in a very low voice, almost as if she was trying to whisper. I'm not hard of hearing or anything, but I had to ask her to repeat herself several times just so I could make out the full sentences of what she was saying. When we got to the bar, I made sure we got a seat closer to the back, away from most people, just so I could have a little quiet in order to hear her. The conversations honestly carried on as normal from this point, and it was actually a fun time. We talked about different things we were interested in, and she did bring up she did recreationally use weed and a few other tripping substances, like shrooms and such. I'm not much of a fan of these, but it at least made me relax in the back of my head to think, maybe she was just high, and that rationally explains some of the out-there behavior. Granted, I had a few drinks at this point, so I was honestly not thinking straight. I asked her if she wanted to go to my place after drinks, and she agreed. When we got to my place, we had a few more drinks. Then she started talking about her jewelry. This is where it gets weird. She told me her jewelry was her big secret and that it defined her. When I asked her why it was so important, she said, I'm actually Anastasia, and I was never killed in Russia. My jewelry is my link to my past. It was hard for me to take that seriously at this point, with how much I drank, so I kind of challenged that statement using the little bit that I knew about history. At this point, she freaked out and started yelling at the top of her lungs about how I don't respect ancestors and history. Then she got real quiet and tiptoed right up to me, grabbed me by the neck. She then brought my face eye to eye with hers while still holding my neck. She says, I'm a shaman and I will curse you. My ancestors have destroyed many people and you do not respect that. You are from oppressive ancestors and they will be punished. Then she put her hand in a whiskey glass and made a cross on my forehead, afterwards kissing it. At this point, I started to sober up a little. I talked her into calming down, telling her I was only joking. Then she slowly started getting back to normal. Then, 
she proceeds to start talking about her cat fetish. She tells me she has a list of people who she tames to act as cats. I'm not about judging people on their fetishes, so I just listen. She then tells me all the things she does to them and starts acting like a cat in the middle of my living room. If she had not yelled at me earlier on, I might have almost been turned on by it in some weird sort of way. My red flags in my head were tingling like crazy at this point, so I just listened and tried not to set her off again. She then noticed sage on my kitchen counter and asked me to let her light it and bless the house. Side note, I use sage to make my house smell better occasionally. It's kind of a ritual that I like to do, but it's mine and mine alone, something I take very personally and like to do myself. I tell her no, she can't light it, and that it's my thing to do on my own. She then freaks again, telling me I'm a horrible human being and screaming all over the place. I tell her that I can take her home now, and she runs to the door and goes outside. As I get outside, she's screaming at the top of her lungs that I'm a horrible person and I should just go die. I tell her she can walk herself home then, and I go back to my place and lock the door. She then starts banging on the door hard for about 10 minutes, saying that she left her phone in here. I grab her phone off the kitchen counter and open the door trying to hand it to her. She tries to barge inside and I block her with my forearm. She then acts like she's about to punch me. I just hold my ground and tell her she's not coming in. She screams she wanted the whiskey bottle we were drinking from, and I told her hell no, because I paid for the damn thing. I slam the door at this point and lock it once more. I hear her bang on the door for a minute longer, then I hear her footsteps going down the stairs. I waited about an hour before walking outside to see if she was still hanging around. I didn't see her, nor did I ever see her again after that. I know this probably isn't the scariest encounter ever, but for the next few nights, I was creeped all the way out. Anytime I walked around the area that I lived, I was making sure that she wasn't hanging around. I hope that she's okay, honestly, wherever she is, but I also hope to never see her again. This happened to me in 1970, when I was about 11 years old. My two brothers and I have always had to walk to and from grade school since they didn't have a bus for our area. This was quite a distance away, and there's no way in current times there wouldn't have been a bus for our grade school days. We were the last house on the right in a very small subdivision on a dead-end street. Next to us was a ginormous cornfield with an old barn and house and a lot of acres of fruit trees and woods. As a shortcut, I would take this deserted woods trail and follow it to what would lead me to my house after about 15 minutes. That particular day, I turned right into the woods and the trail as I did every year for six years by then. It was the end of winter and I still had my long blue winter coat on. I'd walked about five minutes on the trail and for some reason, I just happened to look behind me. Quite a distance away, I saw a man enter the woods and the trail that I was on. No one else was around, and for some reason, I started walking faster, thinking that I was just being silly. When I looked behind me, I saw the man also began to pick up his pace. This scared me, and I really started to walk fast. I saw he was too when I glanced over my shoulder once more. I still don't know why, but that day, I felt fear. So I began running and noticed that he too was running. I was truly afraid then 
and no longer did I take the time to glance behind me. I broke into a full sprint as fast as I could until I came out on the road in front of my house. Normally, I walk the trail a bit further and end up at our garage or our back door, but that day, I sprinted into where our little street on the dead end began, and that brought me right in front of our house. I didn't want him to know where I lived, though, so I planted myself on the curb opposite from where he was going to emerge and began to catch my breath. He was maybe only 10 to 15 seconds behind me, and of course he caught up, but he didn't stop. He just kept a much slower pace then as he looked at me and said, You're a fast runner. And kept going. I stayed where I was until I couldn't see him anymore, and then I turned into our driveway. For months after that, I would take a different way home and did not walk on those trails again for some time. I don't know if I was just being paranoid, but why else would an older man begin running after me for a good 10 minutes like that? He scared the shit out of me, and creepy runner man, it's a good thing I was indeed a very fast runner, or what might have occurred on that deserted woods trail, I'll never know, and I'm glad to never have to find out. It's been a few years since this happened, so let me just say, I live alone with my two cats. We live in a flat, but the front door is on the street level, so when you open the door, you go up the stairs, and you're already inside. I don't now I'm in my mid-30s, female, very small, petite, and lucky enough to still look young. I still get ID'd for cigarettes and alcohol. I also smoke outside by my front door, as I don't like smoking inside. I don't live in a rough part of town, so it's pretty normal to say hello to people walking by. They're used to seeing me smoking outside, so we often exchange greetings. People regularly use this area as a shortcut. My last cigarette is around 11.30pm before I go to bed. Of course, when it's really dark, it can feel unnerving, but as I said, it's the nice area of town. With all that said, my flat is only one of two in this area. It's not the best looking. The rest are houses, beautiful houses, pretty decoration, nice cars, lovely flowers, basically richer and a lot nicer than mine. I'm pretty poor as you can tell. For a few weeks before this incident, I kept hearing my front door handle moving, as though someone had tried to open it. I put it down to kids walking to or from school, but then it would happen in the middle of the day, then in the evening. But each time I got to the bottom of the stairs to investigate, no one was around. This one night, I went for my last cigarette at 11.30, got ready, and went to bed. I fell asleep quickly. At one point, I woke up slightly because I heard the cats playing. I rolled over and went quickly back to sleep. They woke me up again. I could still hear them playing, but I also heard them growling. Whilst they were laying next to me in bed, I sat bolt upright and realized the sounds were coming from the front door. I snuck into the hall and peered down the stairs. I could see the front door handle turning. For the first time in my life, my brain thought faster than my mouth, and I switched the stairs light on. There was a pause, with my door open a few inches, and then I heard feet running away. I ran down the stairs and slammed the door shut again then ran back upstairs to call the police. Due to the fact that I was safely back in my home, they didn't arrive for a few hours. I didn't sleep 
I sat in a chair watching the stairs all night, absolutely terrified that whoever it was would come back. I didn't even go for a cigarette, even though I desperately wanted one, because I was too afraid that they'd be waiting outside. The police showed me how they'd gotten in. They'd damaged the doorframe and simply forced it in. I called my landlord first thing in the morning and had deadbolts fitted. I'm now overly cautious when I smoke. I don't stay in one place anymore. I go for a little walk each time. I also don't stick to the same timings either, and I definitely listen to the cats better. If they're growling, there's a reason for it. I'm so very glad that they growled that night. If they hadn't, I'd have ignored it and gone back to sleep again. The next time, waking up with someone in my home, doing who knows what, and for reasons that they only know why.